0: i have a favor to ask everyone who listens to these podcasts i am asking that you would subscribe to the gazette our new digital magazine it works on all devices and is guaranteed to give you hours of great entertainment. If you're listening to any of our podcasts, please go to oldtimeradiodvd.com and subscribe. Give it a few issues. If you don't like, simply unsubscribe. But I know that you're going to love the Gazette, oldtimeradiodvd.com to subscribe. You'll be glad you did.
1: The Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. The makers of Johnson Wax products for home and industry present Fibber McGee and Molly, written by Don Quinn and Phil Leslie, with music by the King's Men and Billy Mills Orchestra. more than ever is a season of color everywhere in women's hats and dresses in home furnishings and decoration bright color is the vogue but you've understood the value of cheerful colors for a long time right in your own kitchen and that's one reason why you've used Johnson's glow coat on your linoleum floors to keep the original colors fresh and new looking yes when your floor coverings are regularly polished with glow coat they're never dull and it's easy to keep them spick and span and gleaming because dirt and spilled things are wiped up quickly with a damp cloth Glow is so easy to use. It's self-polishing, needs no rubbing or buffing. You simply apply and let dry. In 20 minutes, you come back to sparkling floors you can well be proud of. Besides saving you many hours of work, regular care with Glow Coat saves your linoleum, makes it last much longer. If you've never tried Johnson's self-polishing Glow Coat, order some this week. If you've ever seen Mr. McGee of 79 Wistful Vista, you realize that he's a man of many talents. And if you've ever seen him checking over a bank statement, you realize that arithmetic is not one of his talents. Get a load of the old boy right now, with a broken pencil and a beaten look, as we meet Fibber McGee and Molly.
2: Conant, if I subtract the gas bill and then add in the check I made out and then tore up but forgot not to take it off the balance, it ought to come what out. What are you work.
3: muttering about, dearie? Huh? You're not... Oh, no, McGee, not again. What do you mean, not again?
2: If you're referring to this bank statement, Molly, I've got a few very interesting questions to ask those guys. As soon as I find out something here.
3: Find out what?
2: What questions to ask. You <laughs> see now, check number 325 for 950. Or is that number 950 for 325? No, it must be... Heavenly
3: days. There must be better ways to waste a morning than batting your head against a bank full of bookkeepers. Those statements...
2: Oh, I wouldn't say the morning was entirely wasted, Mrs. McGee. I've just picked out three errors so far, that's all.
3: Three errors? You have?
2: You betcha. I'm gonna keep right at it till I find one on the bank, too. (laughs) I'm just a little cagey about those guys. Ever since that banker swindled Uncle Sycamore out of all his dough...
3: I don't remember any banker swindling your Uncle Sycamore.
2: Sure. Guy named Blackie. Banker in a faro game out in Blue Gopher Gulch, Nevada. <laughs> Uncle Sick come in, you see, and he threw a bag of dust on the table, see? A bag
3: of dust? Mm-hmm. Was he a gold miner?
2: No, a vacuum cleaner salesman. <laughs> Anyhow, he threw the bag down and got out his wallet, you see.
3: Hello, Mrs. McGee, Mr. McGee. Oh, good morning, Alice. Come in, dear. Oh, thank you.
2: You're welcome. Hi, Alice.
3: Uh, don't
4: let me interrupt anything. I mean, That's I... all right, Alice. Uh,
3: Mr. McGee is just checking over his bank
4: statement. Oh, that. You're, um, you're pretty good at figures, aren't you, Mr. McGee? Yep,
2: and like the guy says, when he put on his red flannels, that's my long suit. <laughs> You get it, kids? I says like the guy said... Says...
3: ain't funny, McGee.
4: No?
2: That's odd. Rather tickled me. <laughs> but then red flannels always did.
4: Have you been having trouble with the bank,
3: Mr. McGee? He always does, Alice, and vice versa. Secretly, I think he has visions of some teller suddenly absconding with all our money. Oh, that would be terrible. Yes, I can just picture it myself. The man taking our life savings to buy a second-hand bicycle in a box luncheon heading for South America. <laughs>
2: Well, I'm not distrusting anybody, but I just like to see they don't make any mistakes, that's all Mm. They can make mistakes down there, those guys are just as infallible as anybody else (laughs) Why, you betcha, they're like, oh-ho Cheapers,
4: what's the matter? Aha,
2: take a look at this, Molly Those guys have charged me in March with a check I wrote in February That's the kind of stuff I'm looking for.
5: Well,
4: it's a good check, isn't it? That's perfectly okay, dearie. Okay?
2: They do more juggling than a busboy with a hangover.
4: But, Mr. McGee, the, the check probably just didn't get to the bank till March, that's all.
2: Well, that's just their hard luck, kiddo. Not mine. My gosh, if they can't get their checks when they're supposed to, it's not my fault. Yeah,
3: but, McGee, they... I
2: wrote it in February. I took it off of my stubs in February. And if they didn't get it on my statement in February, they can just forget it. Yes, sir.
4: Yes, but, Mr. McGee, don't you see... Look,
2: Alice, this is a very simple business transaction. The whole thing boils down to it was a February deal all the way. <laughs> Look, right on the check, it says February as plain as yeah, day. Yeah, but,
3: but, McGee, if they didn't get the check...
2: Please, Molly, women haven't got any head for figures. Now, don't you kids get your noggins in an uproar about this. I'll just forget it, I'll handle it. Where's the phone?
3: It's right there.
2: Oh, for is... Hello? Yeah? Who? Alice? Yeah, but look, Bud, can you call her back a little later on on Me? account? Me?
4: Oh, I can talk, Mr. McGee. I'm not busy.
2: Huh? Oh, 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 just a minute, Bud. Thanks. Okay, but cut it short. Hello?
4: Oh, yes, Charlie. Tonight? Oh, I'd love to, Charlie. Hmm? <laughs> oh, Charlie. Must be Charlie. <laughs> Uh, look, who's playing there tonight?
3: Gosh, I wish she'd hurry up. Relax, dearie. This won't take long.
4: Yeah, but, Charlie, I don't like Xavier Goldman and his Pampas Playboys. The dreamland has got Shoo Jackson. He's strictly but solid. Why don't... Hmm?
2: Come on, come on, come on, kid. I want to get out that bank before I cool off. I'll well, burn What, Charlie?
4: The... Oh, wait a minute till I take the phone out in the dining room. Yeah, <laughs> you know how it is, Charlie, but...
2: Oh, Charlie. Well, how
3: do you like that?
2: While she monopolizes the phone, the third national could be ruining me.
3: Well, that comes out even, dearie. The receiver goes into Alice's hands, and you go into the hands of the receivers.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, wait till I get hold of that phone. I'll make them sharpshooters back down like a paper hanger at lunchtime. I'll tell those
6: guys also...
1: Billy Mills and the orchestra and C. Bonet.
2: simply got to get on that telephone.
3: Well, Alice is still using it, dearie. Just be patient.
2: What do you mean, be patient? The longer I wait, the more I realize the bank may be right. So I got to call them while I'm still hot and unreasonable. Gee whiz, if I were... Wa- oh I don't hear Alice talking. Wait a minute.
4: <laughs> yes, but Charlie, the dance isn't over till 12 and by that time...
3: Still at it?
2: Yeah. That's a fine state of how-do-you-do when a guy can't even use the telephone in his own house
3: Well, now she's young, dearie When you were her age, you hung on the line like a three-family wet wash
2: (laughs) When I was her age, we couldn't take the phone on a long cord and go sit in the other room with it No (laughs)
7: Ours
2: was a box on the wall with a crank on it And it was always installed by a guy from the telephone company who must have been eight feet high. Why, half the girls from Peoria grew up to be ballet dancers and standing on their toes. Ah,
3: dear. Remember when we first got the telephone at our house, dearie? Everybody in town was on the same line.
2: Yeah. Your telephone had a big crank on it, too. (laughs) Your Aunt Sarah. (laughs) Every time she answered the phone, I'd pretend I had the wrong number. Remember the night I proposed to you on the telephone, <laughs> with everybody in town listening in?
3: I do, <laughs> I do indeed. Mm-hmm. You got eight yeses, three maybes, four noes, and a Bronx cheer from the man at the livery stable.
2: <laughs> hey, come to think of it, I never did hear what you said. Did you say yes?
3: Well, if I didn't, you've been taking an awful lot for granted, Jimmy. <laughs> <me? laughs> we did get married, you know. Yeah.
2: But if we got married after you said no, that'd make me out a very forceful character, wouldn't it? <laughs> Which reminds me, I got to get that bank. They close at three. And a
3: come in. Oh heavenly days! It's Mrs. Carstairs.
8: Do come in, Mrs. Carstairs. How do you do, Mrs. McGee and uh, Mr. McGee?
2: Hi, Carsty. Cast your caracles on the couch and drape the shape on a crate.
8: <laughs> I beg your pardon. He just said, take off your coat and have a seat, Mrs. Carstairs. Well, how quaint. Uh, I've always held to the theory That a person who constantly uses slang Is unusually
2: Unusually
1: what?
8: Yes, very (laughs) My, it's a lovely day, isn't it? Almost too warm for a fur coat And what a lovely fur
3: coat, too, Mrs.
8: Carstairs It's sable, isn't it? What beautiful furs Yes, I trapped them myself, you know
6: You trapped
8: them? Yes, my husband talks in his sleep (laughs) But this coat is from way last year I just use it to get the groceries in
3: oh heavenly days I just use an old paper bag myself
2: <laughs> maybe she thinks the smell of onions keeps the moths out of it eh
8: <laughs> <laughs> I think Mr. McGee that everything considered it possibly
2: possibly what pardon me certainly <laughs>
3: I get you a cup of tea, Mrs. Carstairs? It won't take but a minute. Oh, thank you, no, my
8: dear. I must be trotting along.
2: Oh, she's a trotter.
8: <laughs> I merely wish to ask you to come to my reception tomorrow evening, four to six, in honor of Leopold Cadenza, the violinist.
2: Leopold Cadenza? Eh? I've heard him play, Carsty.
8: Indeed. Mm-hmm. Nevertheless, Leopold Cadenza is a charming gentleman. I'm sure you will enjoy meeting him, Mrs. McGee. Oh, indeed. Uh, He's a Hungarian, isn't he, Mrs. Carstairs? Uh, No, Mr. Cadenza is a Romanian. He's my house guest.
2: Oh, kind of a furnished Romanian, you might say.
8: (laughs) Yes, I I might in an extreme emergency. Uh, Tell me, my dear, you will come, won't you? Oh, yes, I will. Thank you, Mrs. Carstairs. Oh, splendid. I'm sure you'll find him so very... Yes. Yes, indeed.
2: <laughs> I'd come along too, Karsty, but I hate to think.
8: I'm sure you do. <laughs> Good day, Mrs. McGee. Hmm.
3: Oh, Heavenly daisy. Dear. Imagine me going to a reception at the car stairs. I'm so excited. Oh,
2: control yourself, Kiddo. You'll be as bored as a rafter full of termites. Did you ever see this
3: Leopold Cadenza? Oh, I've seen pictures of him. So romantic looking. With that long hair?
2: Mm, You don't wear it that way to look romantic. And so when he bends over to kiss your hand, you can't see how ragged his collar is. (laughs) Hey, I gotta call that bank. They'll be closing very shortly.
3: Well, Alice ought to be through talking by now. I'll see.
4: But, Charlie, Xavier Uh Goldman has a singer with him that just has me eating my lipstick, and yes, but, Charlie...
3: That's quite a conversation she's having, isn't it? I ought to take a pair of scissors out and cut the wire. Oh, she'll be through any minute now.
2: Well, it'll be a shock to me either way.
3: Don't that kid realize that I got
1: important business to do Hello, with...
3: Folks? Hello, Mr. Wilcox.
1: Hi, Junior. How's the super salesman? In the prime, I'm. Mm. Hey, look, kids. Mind if I use your telephone? Not
3: at all, Mr. Wilcox.
2: Go right ahead, Junior. <laughs> Interesting project under the circumstances. Phone is right through that door there. Thanks.
4: Yes, but, Charlie, nobody can dance to Xavier Goldman's band. His trumpets sound like they were hammered out of old cuspidors, and his string section is...
1: Alice is using the phone. (laughs) No kidding.
3: Was it an urgent call you had to make, Mr. Wilcox? Uh, Maybe Alice will be through in a minute.
2: Sure. Go plant a redwood tree while you're waiting. (laughs) The tree will get to the sawmill before you get to that
7: phone.
1: Well, it was a sort of an urgent call, Molly. Would it be an imposition to ask you to make the call for me? I've got to get back to the office.
3: Oh, not at all, Mr. Wilcox. What was your call?
1: Well, just tell this woman that Johnson's Wax is a marvelous thing to stop unnecessary traveling. Because with a home bright and clean and sparkling, you just hate to leave it. And uh, you might add that Johnson's Wax on wood and enamelled surfaces protects and preserves the finish. Makes housekeeping so much simpler. Uh, I just love to listen to you talk like that, Waxy.
2: <laughs> you get the happy look of a top sergeant catching a rookie with a dirty rifle.
3: <laughs> You're always... Oh, quiet, thought... dearie. Hmm? Uh, was that all the message, Mr.
1: Wilcox? Yes, unless you want to list a few more ways in which Johnson's wax is useful, like protecting lampshades, luggage, windowsills, doorknobs, picture frames, and a hundred other things. Hey, you suppose Alice is through talking on the phone?
2: Well, take a look, Optimist. But you know what AT&T stands for.
3: What does AT&T stand for, Mr. Bones? Alice. Alice,
1: talking and talking. <laughs> Go ahead, Waxy. take a peek. Okay, I might be able to make my call myself.
4: Yes, but Charlie, did you ever hear Shoo, Shoo Jackson play the piano? He's got a left hand that leads a life of its own. And if you ever heard him barrel house genie with a light brown pullover, you'd understand why.
1: <laughs> no, she's still talking.
2: Is that so? That's like flashing the news around the world that Niagara is still trickling, Junior.
3: (laughs) You know, she's been on the phone for hours, Mr. Wilcox. That mouthpiece is going to be fragrant with chewing gum for weeks. But don't you worry now. I'll make your call for
1: you. Oh, swell, Molly. Well, I'll see you at the bowling alley, pal. So long now. So long, Junie. Don't take any wooden inner tubes.
3: Uh, Wait a minute, Mr. Wilcox. Uh, Who was the woman you wanted me to give that information to about Johnson's wax?
1: Oh, just any woman you can think of. Thanks a lot.
7: Wow. (laughs)
2: Gosh, don't that guy ever think of anything but Johnson's Wax? Don't he care about
3: anything else? Why, of course he does. Oh, Listen, he's very much in love with his wife. In fact, I've often heard him say he wouldn't trade her for a case of Johnson's Wax.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'd hate to tempt him with two cases. <laughs> hey, open that dining room door again, will you?
3: All right, but I doubt it. Oh, don't tell me she's through. Looks like it, McGee. At least she isn't.
2: Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Where's my bank statement? Give me a pencil. I'm going to blast the third national to lay one... Now, wait
3: a of... minute, dearie. Look, the receiver's still off the hook. Imagine that
2: careless kid. They're liable to report our phone out of order. I'll see if I can get the operator. Hello? Hello? Huh? No, my voice hasn't gotten husky.
7: <laughs>
2: this is the same voice I've had since I was 14. What? No, I'm not playing games, Button. if you don't get off of this phone, i
4: Uh, maybe Alice would... Oh, I'll take it now, Mr. McGee. I told Charlie to wait while I went out and made myself a sandwich.
2: (laughs) Hello. Just a minute, Charlie. Here she is again. And Charlie, don't hurry on my account. My annuity don't come due for seven years yet.
4: Here, Alice. Oh, thanks, Mr. McGee. You were sweet to entertain Charlie for me. Uh... Hello, Charlie. Yeah. Hmm? No, that was Mr. McGee. What? Oh, he is not, Charlie. He's nice. Come on in the living room, dearie.
3: Wait a minute.
4: What, Charlie? Oh, he's no such thing. He's very sweet when you get to know him. Oh, you could, too, stand it that long. (laughs) Yeah, but, Charlie...
2: Fine thing. Trying to call my bankers on a very important piece of business, and them two rug cutters keep the phone tied up tighter than a bullfighter's pants. My gosh, Charlie. Oh, forget
3: the bank for a minute, dearie. Just calm down. Smoke your pipe. Oh. Read the paper. Where is the paper? I don't know and I don't care. I want to call that bank. Well, and... maybe Beulah has it. Oh, Beulah. Beulah. Somebody ball for Beulah? <laughs> Have you seen the evening paper, Beulah? No, ma'am. We don't get it no more, you remember?
0: They, they wouldn't revive your prescription to it. <laughs>
3: That's right, McGee. You might pick one up if you go to the market for anything, Beulah. Yes, ma'am. Is Miss Al's going to be here for dinner, ma'am?
2: Now, you might ask her, Beulah. All you'll have to do is borrow a pair of spurs from some line man, climb a telephone pole someplace nearby, and see if you can break into that phone conversation.
3: Now, don't be so intolerant, McGee. Uh... You (laughs) and I used to have longer conversations than that. In fact, I had to marry you to cut down the phone bill.
2: Well, this is exasperating. Do you talk as long as that to your boyfriend, Beulah?
0: Oh, you mean Ira, sir? (laughs) No, sir, Ira, he's a man of few words. He called my house and he said, Beulah, you there? And I said, I'm here. And he said, stay there. And I say, Roger. And he hang up and I open the front door and there he is. That quick, Beulah, huh? Yes, ma'am. He lived right across the street from me. In a very close proximity, manager, you might say.
2: You still engaged to Ira, Beulah?
0: Yeah, sir. Though lately, he's been showing considerable interest to a certain little manicure from our neighborhood. I warned him about her, too. She's as cold-blooded as a barracuda. <laughs> Did you warn her, too, Beulah? Yes, ma'am, in a quiet way. I meet a high heel in up 14th Street one day, and I walked right up to her. Look, honey, I say, who is your dentist? And she said, Dr. Murphy. I say, well, you keep away from my IRA Dr. Murphy's going to get your order for some necessary replacements. <laughs>
2: well, I hope that scared her off, Euler. If she's the cold-blooded manicurist you say she is, IRA's going to get clipped for more than his fingernails.
0: Yes, he is. I'm going to see that. Oh, looking. here. Yeah, what the man?
7: <laughs> 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 Love
0: that man.
1: King's men sing Major Meredith Wilson's Iowa.
5: Iowa, Iowa, that's how they sing it in the tall corn song. Other people call it Iowa, and they're both just a little bit wrong. Iowa, it's a beautiful name when you say it like we say it back home. It's the robin in the willows, it's the Postmaster's Friendly Hallow. Iowa, it's a beautiful name, you'll remember it wherever you roam. It's the rustle of September, it's the squeak of your shoes in the snow. It's the Sunday School and the whole River Band, songs on the porch after dark. It's a candy store and a penny to spend You and your girl in the park Iowa, it's a beautiful name When you say it like we say it back home It's a promise for tomorrow And a memory of long, long ago It's the picnic grounds and the odd Leaves on the lawn, it's the county fair, and the whippoorwills wills call, calling to welcome the dawn. It's a beautiful name when you say it like we say it back home. It's a promise for tomorrow, and a memory of long.
2: Molly, this could go on all night Don't that kid realize I'm waiting to use that telephone You
3: will call the bank tomorrow, sweetheart oh. They're not going to move I saw them washing the windows yesterday
2: <laughs> By tomorrow, I'll be so cooled off I'll be civil to them Then they'll think I'm a softie And can put anything over on me No, sir, By George If I can't get Alice off of that phone
3: Come in
6: Hello, Molly
2: Hello, McGee Hello,
3: Dr. Gamble
2: Hi, Arrow Smith You got your instruments with you? A few? Why? I want to amputate a transmitter from a girl's hand (laughs) And I'll supply the anesthetic if I can find my
6: baseball bat. <laughs> you better let me give you a bromide, Chipmunk. You're as feverish as the bottom of a chafing dish.
3: Oh, he's just exasperated, Doctor, because he can't use the telephone.
6: Yeah. He can't use the telephone? Oh, that's too bad. Come on, I'll show you how to use it, McGee. Bright little chap like you can learn how in only two or three lessons.
3: <laughs> oh, he knows how, Doctor. He just can't get to it.
6: Oh, trouble with those leg pains again, huh? Well, here, my boy, lie down on the davenport there and I'll... Get your, your
2: big fat paws off of me! You malpracticing old gargle peddler. There's nothing the matter with my
6: legs. Nothing except you got kneecaps like football helmets and less calf than a pair of two-dollar riding boots. Besides being so knock-kneed, you have to put your pants on over your head.
7: Oh,
2: yeah? Well, you're no Clark Grable yourself, wise guy. You got a pair of pins they could moor the SS Lafayette to.
3: The SS Lafayette. That used to be the Normandy, didn't it?
6: Yeah, that's right, Molly. I believe they found it was going to be too expensive to refit it after the fire. Well, I guess that's it. You guess that's what? The end of a beautiful friendship. <laughs>
7: <laughs>
3: you get it, Doc? The
2: end of a beautiful friendship? It's a play on words. And
3: a worse play I haven't heard since the Cherry Sisters. <laughs> Did you ever see the SS Normandy, Doctor?
6: Yeah, I took a cruise on it once, and I saw it again a few years ago when it was laid up in, uh... Uh... Dry, Doc? Yes, I am. What have you got?
7: Root beer? (laughs) Root beer?
6: No, thanks. No root beer. Somebody might notice it on my breath and accuse me of hanging around ice cream parlors. Now, what was all this about the telephone? I can't use it, that's all. Alice
2: Darling has been monopolizing it for four hours. And I got to call the bank. It's very important.
6: Yeah, I'll bet. What are you trying to do? Get a retread on one of your rubber checks?
2: (laughs) No, I'm not. I'm going to read in the riot act about my monthly statement, that's all. I'll make a mistake. Oh, heavenly
3: days, I almost forgot. Your office call this morning, doctor. They said if you dropped in for you to call Mrs. Martin about her baby.
6: Oh, that woman. I've told her 40 times not to worry because the child doesn't talk yet. How old is it? Seven weeks. (laughs) where's the telephone? I'll give her a ring. It's
3: in the dining room, doctor,
4: but I don't think you can Excuse me a minute.
6: I should have called my office before, but I've been uncalled all day long. Yes,
4: but Charlie, Shushu Jackson's band has got tempo. And what's Xavier Goldman got? He gets off the beat like a cop who was just pinched an alderman's wife. What? Yes, but Charlie...
6: I, uh, I see what you mean. This has
3: been going on all afternoon, Doc. If I
2: don't get in touch with that third national before... Hey, what time
6: is it? About three minutes to three. Afraid you'll have to leave the financial world flat on its vouchers for today, Vanderbilt. Oh, no, I won't.
2: I can still get to Kramer's Drugstore in time. Come on, Doc, you can make your call down there, too. Right. See you later, Molly. Don't
3: forget to get an evening paper, dearie. Okay, come on, Doc.
6: Here we are, Doc. One minute to spare. I'll call first. Now, my call's more important than yours, McGee. Give me nickels. Smallest I got is half a dollar. I only got one nickel in one minute, Chisler. You get changed from the cashier. Okay, tightwad. And if you aren't out of that booth in five minutes, I'll blast you out. Okay. Cashier, will you please change
2: your half a dollar? I got to make oh, a... Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Here's where I tell that bank where to get off. The frozen puss old pawnbrokers. Where's that nickel? Oh, yeah. Uh, sorry, sir. I'm using this phone. Oh, my... God. Hello? Huh? Yeah, but Alice, I think Shoo Shoo Jackson. (laughs) Yeah, but Alice. Oh, Oh, this is.
1: (laughs) (laughs) If you ever stop to think of the health advantage of a waxed home, besides beauty and protection for your things, your home is cleaner, more sanitary. If you keep your floors, furniture, and woodwork regularly polished with Johnson's wax, the wax seals the pores of wood, guards against dirt and moisture. Johnson waxed surfaces are easier to keep clean because dust and dirt do not cling to them so readily. Areas that get extra heavy wear, such as hallways or windowsills, can be touched up as often as necessary without re-waxing the entire surface. There's one thing you'll notice after you've used Johnson's wax for a while. With every application, your floors and furniture take on greater beauty. That's why your favorite antique has such a soft, mellow luster. It's probably been protected with wax for a long time. Whether your things are old or new, it will pay you to polish them regularly with genuine Johnson's wax.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, the traditional sentiment of people from Missouri has always been, show me.
3: So let us all uh, show our new president, Mr. Harry Truman of Missouri, that he has our complete loyalty and support in his difficult task of... Winning this war and leading our nation to peace and security. Good night. Good night, all.
1: This is Harlow Wilcox, speaking for the makers of Johnson & White's Finishes for Home and Industry, inviting you all to be with us again next Tuesday night. Good night. This is the National
7: Broadcast Governor.